Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the news. Hello, everybody. It's the Football Ramble, of course. And it's our World Cup specials in association with history. We've got five of these World Cup specials. We started in the first one back in 1990 with Cameroon's outstanding defeat of world champions Argentina. And now we've reached the fifth and final instalment. These five World Cup specials are brought to you by History, who, in celebration of the World Cup, are broadcasting 24-7 football documentaries for two weeks, starting on Monday, 28th of May. And you can watch History on Sky, Virgin, BT or Talk Talk. Gentlemen, we've been threatening it for the previous four episodes, of course. <laughs> it's now time to talk about David Beckham sending off against Argentina at France 98. I'm keeping quiet because I interrupted you last time and I got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, David Beckham interrupted uh, Diego <laughs> Simeone's standing. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, a life-changing moment in the in the in the life and times of David. It was Beckham. a life-changing moment for me. I don't know about David, David Beckham. <laughs> yeah. I took this very badly. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Um, Let's give a bit of background, as we do on these. Um, Beckham, of course, put himself on the footballing map with his halfway line goal against Wimbledon in 1996. Now, he'd played a bit for Manchester United before then. Well, they won the title in 95, but he, he yeah. was he um, on loan somewhere else for a bit of that Preston, season? Only, only for about a month, though. Yeah, and he played a few games, didn't he? He, had, he played he, in the Champions League as well for Manchester United, but yeah. that was the moment uh, when, when, when everybody knew who he was and, and sort of started becoming a, a household name. Of do, course, do you remember some people saying he's poached? There was a lot of talks that he was poached from. Uh, I can't remember. Where he Spurs? No, it, no, maybe it was, West it was, no, Ham. No, it was a small team. It was like it was like a second division team, and they said, "Oh, he's poached. He started somewhere else." Sort of thing. Oh, is so, that right? So that was the big thing with uh, Beckham. I just oh. remember a joke on Fantasy Football League because Frank Skinner was eating a packet of crisps. And he's like, oh, "This is a smoky Beckham flavored," and he went, "Oh, it tastes poached." Uh. That was the gag. It was, wasn't it? Wasn't it a team? Called Brimsdown Rovers. That's it. That ring. Yeah. But that was at a very, at a very young age. I mean, mm. he he famously, um, him and his father were Man United fans, or they probably still are. And he and he would travel up to Manchester, wouldn't he, from mm. his home mm. in Essex? Um, the best, the best ever fact about David Beckham. We've yep. got to start off with this: is that David Beckham was born in Whips Cross Hospital, <laughs> and he loved right. a whip, whipped cross. And that's Wonderful. the joke, Marcus. You don't have to make yeah. it obvious. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> But I heard, scores, but I heard Dan was born in Edibut, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which yeah. I guess but means goal. No, he was in, born in, in he was born in Ballon d'Or. <laughs> uh, the the um, the um, the goal he scores that you mentioned the, yeah. the big lob against Wimbledon. That's at the start of the season in '96, isn't right, it? Yeah. So he starts the season as he means to go on. Very much. And, so. and would you say then a star, a star was born? Yes, exactly, absolutely right. It was the opening day, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah. Oh, that's what way to start. <laughs> it was a third of go. a three 0 win. I think Cantona had scored earlier, uh, and they. Were they were off and running but of course a big part of class the class of 92 with all those other Fer- Fergie fledglings I think they were mm, they yeah. were dubbed um, and and 
He, he was a beautiful boy, delightful hair, mm. had the skills. The he smile. looked the business. Absolutely, absolutely. And he was, as you say, look, a star in the making. And it was at a time when the mood of the country, I mean, looking back on it, it seems rather naff and a bit silly. But but the cool Britannia, Tony Blair was knocking around. That was a massive part of it. I think mm. yeah, yeah. when Tony Blair came into power in 1997, to me, as a 16-year-old, it felt like, right, I know I knew nothing about politics. Yeah, I mostly still don't. But I knew nothing about politics then. And but it felt like it wasn't actually about politics. It was no. about a whole wave of new mm. optimism. That's and right. It, and it felt like because and, and and of course when you're an adult and you realise it's all cynical anyway, and the whole world is cynical, you think, <laughs> oh, Noel Gallagher's going to mm. number ten. David Beckham mm. and, and everything is cool. And it's great to be British. But and good guys are winning. And it was a big. And, and we and also, no, you're right. Yeah. We have to remember. We were on the football wise. We stick to what we know for a bit. Football wise mm-hmm. was on the crest of a wave internationally because of England's showing at Euro '96, yeah. which everyone was really happy about. Well, the national pride was restored in the England football team after that yeah. tournament. We, we went into France '98 thinking we might win it. You know, and yeah. it's silly if if England approach a tournament now and talk about maybe winning it. But back then, after that showing at Euro '96, so. and we, we, with some of those players that had come through, it it wasn't silly. Yeah, mm. England. Well, it was, but <laughs> we didn't seem it. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't ridiculous. Uh, I think. I mean, yes, of course. You look at the quality of the other sides in there. You know, the Dutch and the French and the Brazilians and so on. But still, England had had a good side. And in a qualifying group with Italy, Poland, Georgia, and Moldova, the qualifying was was probably more competitive back then. England tend to sort of breeze through but it's it's a bit more straightforward than, than what it was uh, you could argue but international football was much more keenly followed the, the Champions League hadn't quite become the, the sort of behemoth that it is now still very important still uh, very glamorous but international football was still considered, considered the top level uh, and England under Glenn Hoddle of course a young manager himself was starting to look good they were playing a 3-5-2 and, and of course found themselves in a position only needing a point in Rome in their last game and, and England famously drew 0-0 that night Beckham played in a midfield three of, I think it was him, Ince and Gascoigne, which was a brilliant <laughs> midfield three. I mean, mm, my goodness. That, yeah, absolutely. Very oh, important. Well, he was happy with it at the time. I can't remember. I, I think I was as well. A very important player in qualifying. <laughs> uh, Graham Lasseau. Oh, lovely. Wing back. There we go. I think, I think your mate Wrighty played as well, Pete, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, up front. Yeah, he was up front that caps. Day. I remember him <laughs> celebrating like a like a madman. I think he got was he thirty three caps. Yeah, he, he did okay. He never played. Uh, he didn't play at the World Cup. Uh, sadly, not. Yeah. He never played because he got injured. Although, yeah. of course, uh, he has a hundred percent hit rate in tournaments for England. Le tournoi. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, lest we forget. Um, Beckham played a bit more of a central midfield role. He was sometimes out right for for Manchester United, but could play in the centre and and became a starter for club and country. And he started. Dating Posh Spice, Victoria Adams, of course. The media were lapping it up. And to be fair, so was he, really. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say he was a natural uh, one in front of the cameras. And, and No, but so what on. dogged no. him throughout the early part of his career was his, these accusations that he loved the attention, the limelight, the fame. Mm, as a much, celebrity. As much, if not more, than, than, than being a football player. Mm. And of course... His later career he turned everyone around. Everyone loved him. All the players he played with loved how hard he trained. The managers loved him. He, pu- he proved a few of them wrong over the years. Mm-hmm. But at this point, there was an undercurrent of hate. Well, you know, obviously we don't talk about hashtag haters back then, but there was an undercurrent of that which came to the fore yeah. after what happened. It was usually, a little bit of it. Usually, and also like the way that um, he uh, adopted a certain management um, system. I mean, like as in media management, like he, he got a lot of uh, sponsorships very early on. Yeah. As well, he might do because he's a, he's a premier. But that was he's quite a, a rare thing then. Well, it was it was a yeah. rarer thing certainly, and yeah. I think uh, at that point we've sort of grown up with him as as being like a brand and also a footballer. And now he's kind of just a brand as this kind of like, mm. you know, proud father. 
mm. kind of international ambassador for football and stuff like that. So it's it's we, we we're a little more little bit more comfortable with his legacy than his nascent burgeoning one back then. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and at that, and that, that time, you know, you talked about the sponsorships and all. Football ha- was going through a slightly different period. It was it was emerging as this very glamorous, very fashionable thing. The Premier League had exploded <laughs> mm. or was exploding. Football now, huge money, uh, glamour, so on and so forth. Who do you, who do you want in your brill cream? John Mark? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Brian Kilcline. But, but, but this uh, is it. He had a lot of hair to the killer. keep in You uh, get through a lot of keep it. Keep in yeah. check. But football, after the Premier League came about and so on, it did become more fashionable in this country and became more sexy, I suppose you could say. Put it in a sarong. I know, eh? <laughs> um, but he became English football's pin-up. Yeah. The girls loved him. Mm. He was dating a, a Spice Girl and so on. And, 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 when, and when you say that you mentioned, you mentioned that he played in that key qualifier against Italy uh, mm. in Rome. Is, was there, am I right in saying that from, from memory that around this sort of time, when, when England played their warm-up friendlies to go into the World Cup and, and obviously when the World Cup started, Beckham wasn't in, in the first game or two, which we'll probably come on to. At that point, there was talk that Hoddle thought that he was a bit too big for his boots and he didn't really like it. But Hoddle thought that about a lot of players, to be mm. fair. Oh, yeah. Well, it was. That's interesting as well, mm. isn't it? Because Hoddle was that sort of player himself. <laughs> Massively. That's exactly why, I think. Looks yeah. shoes. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I wonder. Red I mean, boots. But, you, but this is the thing with, with all the media attention Beckham was, Beckham was getting, and we cannot forget. And, and, and very importantly, extremely good young talent, for crying out loud. A very promising young footballer, scoring great goals now, a potential world beater. Glenn Hoddle, I, I think, rightly or wrongly, he said that Beckham had had his, you know, he was being influenced perhaps from other things and he wasn't as focused on the tournament as he should have been. Mm. And Glenn, he also... Glenn Diamond Lights Hoddle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he publicly criticised Beckham around this time, and and I think there was a moment in training in England training where Hoddle told Beckham he wasn't good enough to do a particular skill or something, and Beckham doesn't talk particularly nicely about Hoddle in his book, and Hoddle was seen uh, in training. Hoddle still thought he was a bit he was the man really, and would often say, "Right, lads, this is how you do this." All right, yeah, but yeah. He, of course he could still it's play England a bit. Training. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's got isn't it? <laughs> but um, yeah. but Hoddle was was seen as possibly one of the finest passers of the ball England have ever produced. Mm. Then along comes Beckham, and who th- people were talking about him in those kind of terms. There was a little bit of a clash there, right. quite 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 clearly, uh, and, uh, and and as a result of that, again rightly or wrongly, it's interesting to try and read into it. Hoddle left Beckham out of the starting eleven for the first two games. Now, many people were saying he should have been right wing back instead of Darren Anderton, hmm. but actually others were saying he should have been in that centre three because it was Ince, Batty, Ince and Batty behind Skulls. Uh, in the second game, poor old Paul Skulls, yeah. poor old Paul, shunted around. Finally, yeah. gets a little slot in the middle. Yeah, and then they're, even then they're saying no. He shouldn't be in there. <laughs> he played in his preferred position for two tournaments, three tournaments for England, yeah. and people still say he didn't, but there we are. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, Beckham came on against Romania, and, and Beckham and Owen both came on and made a bit of a difference, even though England lost the game. And then against <laughs> Colombia in the final game, he got his start, and he got his first goal for England. He was uh, being rumoured to be a bit of a free-kick specialist. I watched that goal and that game it, at the the wettest ever Glastonbury Festival. Oh. In a massive field. I remember the one. Uh, on a huge big screen. And uh, I was so cold, even though it was June, I couldn't really feel my arms. And when he scored, I was happy, but I couldn't really move. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the fact, I think there's a stat that said that more people watched it in that field at Glastonbury than were actually at the game. Right. 
So I was in a good atmosphere. I you guess. were part of it, mate. I was. Mm. They yeah, couldn't say that stuff. Cool, cool people like you. muddy Britannia. Yeah, cool exactly. Luke Moore. Cold Luke Moore. Summer of 1998, eh? Cold yeah. hands Luke. <laughs> so then uh, England obviously went through and played Argentina in the next round. And by then, Beckham was seen as not only a starter, but one of the uh, the crucial figures yeah. in that England team. One of the hopes. If you get a free kick in yeah. a good position, we've got a secret weapon. Let, but it's not secret. It's really famous. <laughs> Just that, a weapon. Yeah. It's always handy to have a weapon. That was the... <laughs> that was the um, in some context. That was the last time he was droppable. Yes. Like that was like yeah. last time every other match well you got to play him you got to play him for the rest of your career now Indeed. until you hit LA Galaxy <laughs> but he played his way into the, into the squad essentially which is you know which is no which is, he deserves credit for no mean mm. feat it wouldn't be the first time of course mm. that it, well it would be uh, perhaps the first time but it wouldn't be the last time that he changed a manager's mind we're going to talk uh, about the Argentina game of course after this I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to this World Cup special in association with history, where we're looking back at David Beckham's red card against Argentina at the 1990 World Cup in France. That England side was full of household names. I mean, David Seaman, Gary Neville, Tony Adams, Sol Campbell... Um, you know, Paul Ince, even uh, obviously Michael Beckham, Owen, Alan Shearer, Alan Shearer yeah. Teddy Sheringham. It was a it was a brilliant team, and and you mentioned it earlier, Jim. They believed that they could go far in the tournament, and they did have the talent to do it. But unfortunately, they came against a very good Argentina side. Mm. First time against Argentina since 1986, and the rivalry was still very much there. And, and I think it, it, I, I sometimes catch myself um, thinking, "Oh, we were a bit unlucky in '98." The same I think we were a bit unlucky in 2002. When you look back to the knockout phase of World Cup 98, and oh, look, it's look ridiculous. At, look at the path England would have had to have Absolutely. to win it. They would have had to beat in Argentina, Netherlands when they were good. Brazil and then the host nation France. It would have been it would have been far too much. I mean, Argentina were then knocked out by the Netherlands. The Netherlands were then knocked out by oh, Brazil. Brazil. Brazil were then beaten by yeah. France. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there was there was there was no way. Um, but it was an epic battle. Uh, it's it a really game. Was. If you watch that game, you'll never forget it. We didn't have to take long for the action to get underway. Three goals in the first twenty minutes. Beckham played Owen through for that for that second goal, and at halftime, two all. Poised for for another uh, second half, for another half of, of uh, scintillating football. Mayhem. Few minutes after half time, then <coughs> the moment came which changed David Beckham's life forever. Really, um, 
kicked out at Simeone and the referee, much to... Uh... Well, Simeone goes for the back of him. Get, get it right. Yeah. Simeone okay. goes for the back of him. Yeah. And it's on the halfway line pretty much. And it's, it's a... It's a, it's a DA... For people listening who remember Diego Simeone as a manager, um, yeah. as a player, he was very much as aggressive as he is now. Yeah. And, and he, but he just wasn't doing it in a nice black suit. No, yeah. exactly. He's also as canny. Yeah, well, quite. But he, he goes, and, and, he, and he proves that shortly afterwards because he goes for the back of Beckham. It's a standard issue foul. These days, you'd probably get a yellow for that for going for the back of it. I don't think. Oh, no, he did get a yellow, didn't he? I think he did get booked for that. Oh, he he yeah. certainly got booked for his part in the incident. Yeah. I don't know if it was. I can't really right. remember if it was for the tackle or for the incident, but he was definitely booked. Anyway. Beckham flicks a foot at him. Beckham's lying on prostrate on the floor on his front and he flicks a foot out at, at Simeone who, who mimics a staggering backwards and falling on the floor. Now, as you, as you rightly say, Marcus, Kim Milton Nielsen, the, the Danish referee, um, who I think got a decent amount of stick in the aftermath of this as well, thanks to our glorious British press, um, he takes a while to go into the back mm, pock, yep. as you would say, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Back pock decision. Pulls up the red card, sends Beckham off. Beckham goes off, looks instantly gutted. I am putting this out there around this table now. And I know certainly at least one person in this room doesn't agree. That was not a red card. It was not a red card uh, uh, kick out. I mean, the Argentinian players certainly made sure the referee got the red card yeah. out. But, but the, the referee sees the entire right incident. Right he yeah. sees mm. the entire you, you thing. You don't get a red card for insolence. Uh, it was a kick out. But was it aggressive? Was it, was it dangerous? The prob- Were you endangering anyone the tra- like, with doing that? Yeah, but I the mean, problem is he's allowed the referee to make that decision. Yeah. And that's where it is because because there's no, there's rules about um, raising your arms presumably. Or, 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 well, there pre- isn't specific rules. Or there's there's, a, there's an agreement the violent conduct. If the referee like, sees that as violent conduct, it's off the ball. It's a kick out. Beckham has gone to kick him. Now the the uh, thing, just quickly just cutting Marcus. Sorry, Pete. You also need to understand this is twenty years ago. Yeah, the laws are completely different now. Yeah, yeah, but this v- violent conduct still exists. I mean, but it's, by, not, but it's not a stamp. It's not an elbow. It's not a punch. By the letter of the law, though. I mean, it's been interpreted as this as effectively the same as Zidane headbutting Matarazzi. You know what I mean? It's been treated as if it's the same. But you don't know what, but Jim, you don't know what the letter of the law was in 1998. No, but what I'm saying is that that is how it was viewed, wasn't it, by the referee? I, he, I, he has I, seen it as like this oh, is an off the ball violent incident, so right. it has to be. He's viewing the entire incident from start to finish. There's nothing he doesn't see about it. It's not like the Zidane thing, as far as he didn't see it. That's it, not what I'm saying. No, no, you're not. I'm, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying you are. Enough people will think of it as a red card, and the problem is Beckham gave the referee that decision to make. I, I can't. You, I can't really blame the referee there. Yeah, it was. It was a very, very petulant it's a very decision. Silly and thing also, to do. The, the sad thing is, it vindicated a lot of what those people that were saying he was a bit of a fancy Dan thought about him. Yeah, and that's that made what I was saying. Double, what was bubbling under earlier? Well, and also. Yeah. We in, in, a, in a previous uh, one of these World Cup specials, we talked about Zidane having that nasty streak. For a time, Beckham had a petulant streak. Yeah. He did. And and I think he, he eradicated it, you know, a few years later or whatever, but he did have that and it was a little bit yeah. of a problem. Well, well he, he had that kind of thing where he wanted the ball so he could whip it up the field. But like mm. to get it, he would happily go through the back of players all the time. He wasn't yeah. the best um, challenger of the ball uh, I th- in I the think, world. And I, he, think he, I think he spent... A good part of his early career with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, personally. And yeah. I'm speaking as a big fan of his, and, and I was throughout this, and I am now. Yeah. But I think, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, because he wants to do well and all the rest of it. But I think he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder. And I think, um, if we can't agree on the red card, that's cool. But the, the what followed, uh, from not just mm. from the press, which everyone knows about, but from, from an Glenn, Hod- Glenn Hoddle as well, yeah. was... Sham, it was actually, it's probably looking back on well, now, it's negligent. Of course, negligent. of course, England lost on penalties. Beckham took all the blame. And Beckham said in a, a documentary um, afterwards, I think it was um, Alan Hansen did the documentary, and he and he was just talking to Beckham. It was maybe a year or two after or <coughs> however long. 
And he said, what did Glenn Hoddle say to you after the game? And he went, he didn't, he didn't speak to me. No. He went, did you not say anything? He just went, no. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and I think it was Tony Adams who said, he just, he just like grabbed Beckham and just said, we all make mistakes, son, don't worry. Yeah. And tried to kind of console him. Mm. And Ferguson called him and said, um, according yeah. to his, his, his autobiography yeah. anyway, he called him and said, get yourself to Manchester as soon as you can. Yeah. You'll be fine here. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and Manchester, you're right, became his kind of safe haven, really. Oh, the, absolutely. The mm. Daily Mirror printed a dartboard <laughs> with his face on it and yeah. an effigy of him was hung outside a pub in London, which was widely reported in the press as well. And that the tabloid media in particular treated him with the same language and the same sort of aggressively vitriolic campaign that they treat actual murderers with. Mm -hmm. the, 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 it was, the treatment was exactly the same. And people really bought into it. And it became this mm -hmm. thing within, within football, wasn't it? That you would, if David yeah. Beckham was in town at your club, you'd give him loads of stick. You would yeah. abuse him and shout at him. Loads of chants about mm -hmm. his wife. All those it, sort of it was an absolute it was awful. It was an absolute disgrace. And, and when you describe it like that, it makes me angry. Yeah, it really does make me angry thinking about it. I don't. That's 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 in the British psyche, though, isn't it? Yeah, build we, them up, we knock build them up, knock them down, and laugh when they. The know, front page of uh, one of the tabloids. It might have been. I can't. Remember I think it was the mirror. Was. Ten lines and one. Stupid, yeah, ten brave lines, one stupid boy. It was yeah. the mirror. Yeah. yeah. Um, the media and and so many football fans across the country were an absolute disgrace. And but the way Man United, Man United handled that situation, I think they deserve immense credit for it because they made it a real sanctuary for him. It was a fortress for them. Of course, he went on the next season to have a brilliant oh. time. But that was in large part to the, and he said this himself, was in large part thanks to the Man United family who looked after him. And the Man United fans yep. were incredible with him as well. That's right. And, and you know, it, it speaks volumes of the man. I remember actually Frank Skinner, we, we mentioned, you know, Badil and Skinner, of course, and fantasy football and so on. And I remember Frank Skinner looking down the barrel of the camera and saying, look, David, I'm sure you're not watching this, but just in the off chance you are, try and get this out. You're one of our best young players. You know, come back strong, and he, and he actually gave him a, a, a supportive message, which was which was good mm, to see. Nice. And and, and then United, had a go Jess and Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Manchester United played Leicester City at home at the start of the the new season after the World Cup, and Beckham scores a superb free kick in that game to to rescue a point for them in injury time. And the way he celebrates, he's, he's quite passionate and so on. And 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 it just testified to he, he was a man who was not going to just go quietly away. And the season after that World Cup, Manchester United win the treble. Beckham wins the Champions League and he's yeah. a big part of that team. How he, many, could, he could have shrunk. He could have been mm. so affected by that. You're absolutely right. How many players can we sit here and think of? I'm not suggesting we do it. It'd be quite boring. But how many <laughs> players could we sit here and think of that would have wilted and disappeared yeah. um, under a fraction of that pressure? And, and understandably and so. And how many have? How many have? How mm. many players, professional players, and we're not denigrating them because it's a, t a tough job to get into. You can't you know blame that. someone if they're affected by yeah. that. How many players have who have careers have disappeared after a breakthrough season or doing quite well because they've had a minor not setback and it's never been right for them after. No one that I would say in English football, injuries is a slightly separate issue, mm -hmm. but in English football, in terms of a cultural challenge, mm -hmm. no one has dealt with anything like what David mm -hmm. Beckham dealt with in mm -hmm. the summer of 98. That is absolutely right because we'd seen players vilified for missing penalties, which is, you know, very harsh, but the press would, would go to town on them in the same yeah, way. Yeah, but they would We've feel, seen, people we've seen would managers, sorry for them, though. Yeah, but it would still happen and you'd see managers, you know, turned into pictures of vegetables <laughs> on the back of the tabloids. Yeah. It was part of the culture mm. to actually, to really try and ruin people, to try and ruin our, our sportsmen, uh, our, our footballers in particular. But this was the worst of it. This oh, was, nothing even comes close to this in, in terms or of since. how vitriolic it was. Yeah, to the point where I think even the tabloids learns to rein it in a little bit. Yeah, well, they had to. I mean, it was ridiculous, but it speaks volumes of the man's character. 
from how he dealt with all this. And he was back playing for England at Euro 2000. And, and you remember Euro 2000, and not a great tournament for England, but there were still sections of those England fans. I know England fans have disgraced themselves. Certain sections of, uh, have disgraced themselves over the years. There were sections of the crowd who were still giving him stick. Mm, yeah. Their own supporters. Um, I mean, what, how... The, the mindset of that boggles. I don't want to go too into it. There's, there's no point. But Beckham kept performing well. I for, love for England, but I just don't necessarily always like England. But <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I think a lot of other England fans share that that view. <laughs> sadly, uh, but 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 he kept performing for club and country, and and we wouldn't have to wait much longer until everyone, and I do mean everyone, was back on his side. Of course, it was when England played Greece in that qualifier um, to clinch qualification for, for World Cup 2002. His performance will always be remembered and the goal he scored at the end and, and so on and so forth. And that was when all the doubters and dickheads came around to him, you know, of which there were so many in, in both of those camps. And the, the, the turnaround was remarkable. Thoroughly deserved it, sadly had to earn it. And the press, I think, gave him a standing ovation after the game when he walked through. And you sort of think to yourself... Well, oh, in a oh, sense, well done, you. but in a, another sense... No, that, that, that makes me think that, uh, something that I already knew, which is they've got a vastly inflated opinion of their own importance. Yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah. And uh, but, but again, it speaks volumes of Beckham. Beckham could have turned around and mouthed them all off and gone, oh, you're all applauding now, aren't you? Yeah. You lot have made my life a misery. He didn't. Yeah. Again, it shows the character and good grace of the man. No one in, in, the, in a professional sense, I've never met the man, I don't know what he's like behind closed doors. He's definitely brilliant. Yeah. He's <laughs> definitely amazing. <laughs> but, but, but so many people, I mean, even... Ibrahimovic at PSG said when Beckham arrived and he was rather over the hill at the time and Ibrahimovic just said oh he's just such a great person you happened know. at PSG yeah. happened at Real Madrid when he was written off by the incoming manager happened at Milan as well everyone has been bowled over by his mm. professionalism and, and, and in an interview with, in GQ in 2016 uh, David Beckham I think it would have been possibly around Euro 2016 David Beckham was asked to give his um, top five career moments mm-hmm. and he put this the sending off against Argentina in there. He said, mm. and I know people are going to be surprised, but this is the moment that made me not only the player, but the man as well. Amazing. And I wouldn't I wouldn't have had the career I've had if it wasn't for it. Mm. And it just goes to show you how, um, how, as Jim said in the last one of these we did, it's not necessarily the the great moments that you learn anything about yourself at all. You know, like Jim said last time, it's not it's not the punches to the head that soften the fire; it's the pats on the back. It's it's the it's the it's the courage. It's it's the courage to have your um your convictions and 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 to double down to go. You know what? I'm, this is not going to beat me. This is going to be the making of me, and I'm going to come out of this. And in adversity, you learn the most about yourself. And seeing him score that penalty against Argentina in 2002. Well, that was so cathartic. Oh, mm. my goodness. And to step up and take it and go, no, I'm going to take responsibility and all that kind of stuff. And he was captain of the side and so on and so forth. Um, played at the World Cup in 2006. Yeah. Uh, and and should have would have been at South Africa if it weren't for, 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 for injury, of course. But again, how many times has he kind of bounced back, you know, from being told he you know, wasn't in the England manager's mind after the World Cup 2006, gets back in the team, uh, got his head down and, and worked hard and then at Real Madrid after signing for LA Galaxy at the end of the season Fabio Capello dropped him saying he would play again Beckham trained even harder Capello changed his mind oh that's a... what I meant not the incoming manager it was when he announced he was leaving wasn't it mm. Capello yeah. said that that's, that's right. right yeah and it, well he played a big part in Madrid winning the league that way I mean this is a man that you cannot keep down and uh, you know we've all mentioned it that now we remember br- people think of Brand Beckham as um, you know, a, a, an aftershave or something like that. But actually, he was an incredible footballer. And, and people, and just to finish off, people would regularly have that debate about, oh, is David Beckham just a celebrity? Is he any good, really, and this sort of stuff? One, he was brilliant. Mm. And two, you missed the point. 
because you wouldn't he wouldn't be in a position to be a big celebrity if he wasn't a brilliant football exactly. player. If he starts getting left out of teams and all of a sudden he's playing for you know, Preston North End again with respect to them. He's not going to have his own brand of aftershave. Mm. No one who plays in <laughs> League One, um, with the exception of possibly of Lee Trundle, has got their own <laughs> has got their own brand of aftershave. So Akin Fenner has got one well, yeah, right probably. far down the one league. Thing, one thing feeds the other. And don't ever forget, for people who are too young to watch from his pomp, don't ever forget how good a player he was. Technically brilliant, mm. brilliantly hardworking, very, very good with vision technique. Some of his passing, we talked about this a little bit when we did a little thing on, on the Ramble uh, a couple of Mondays ago. You think of Beckham, you see that silhouette of him striking the ball from a wide area to, to whip into the box. His, his passing from the centre of the pitch through to a striker or to pick out a teammate was every bit as good. He had, he had so much in his locker, Beckham. And because he wasn't that quick, I think he's actually probably a little bit underrated as a player. Mm. And you don't have to take my word for it. You can take any player who played with him word for it. Mm. Absolutely right. Absolutely right, gentlemen. Woo. Good on him. What, what, what a story. What a, re- a redemption story and, and one that's richly deserved. And if you like um, that chat of, uh, of, of Beckham and, and one or two other players that we've had, check out um, Three Musketeers, France 98, available on History Tuesday 29th of May from 9pm. And uh, FIFA Films presents France 1998, Tuesday 5th of June from 7pm. There we are. We've come to the end. Gentlemen of our of our World Cup series, of course, it's been an absolute mm. pleasure. Thank you very much to listening uh, to this our final Football Ramble World Cup special in association with History. Our five World Cup specials are brought to you by History, who, in celebration of the World Cup, are broadcasting twenty four seven football documentaries for two weeks, starting on Monday, twenty eighth of May. You can watch History on Sky, Virgin, BT, or Talk Talk. Gentlemen, a pleasure going down World Cup memory lane. Indeed, is there a finer lane? Perhaps not. 